social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It is Thursday, and finally, they found Governor McKee, and he's finally going to have a press briefing giving the latest on this COVID surge that has overtaken Rhode Island. Folks, I, I have to admit, I cannot believe the governor has been missing in action. When things were going very well and all the numbers were going down and so forth, the governor was widely seen. The governor was uh, readily available. All of a sudden, as many of you know, since it's been a full week now, since uh, the end of last week and then this entire week, the state has faced an incredible surge of COVID and lack of testing places and lack of place to get tests. And the test results are taking a long time and the hospitals are starting to fill up. And Governor McKee's been missing in action. He's still turning this into a show. He's taking the show on the road. He's going to be doing a briefing coming up at 2 o'clock with Dr. Scott, who uh, I wouldn't hold my breath on being impressive. I, I would say, uh, Governor McKee, I mean, th this is the time to be engaged. This is the time getting information out to the public. People have been warning them. The lieutenant governor uh, did test positive, so she's not going to be there. She's in quarantine. But uh, Governor McKee really needs to step it up. Uh, it's, it's really shocking that this amount of time has gone by. He's been silent this whole week. His last public comments, other than sending tweets, you know, wishing people happy Kwans and so forth, but uh, Governor McKee, his last public comments were last Tuesday, the Tuesday before Christmas. Now, here we are, you know, it's the day before New Year's Eve, and he's finally emerging from wherever he's been. Now, I just, for the life of me, don't understand why he has not had some kind of a public briefing. And the governor could have even, you know, done some kind of a remote press briefing or something earlier in the week. Uh, people want more information. People need more information. People, uh, that uh, all these long lines that exist of people trying to get tested. Plus, you have the schools, people, you know, wondering, are they sending the kids back in person for school next week? So this is a big day, but hopefully this is not going to be another week before we see the governor signing up. I mean, this is the time to be visible. All of these, you know, uh, press conferences where we're giving away money to this one, we're giving away money to this one, we're giving out scratch tickets. You know, all that's all, and you know, that's fine. But this is the time the state actually needs leadership. It's certainly not coming from the Department of Health, that's for sure. So it's Thursday, and hopefully Governor McKee will step up. Although I'm not sure, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to say, but he certainly needs to be more visible than he has been. So that's going to be coming up later. Again, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Heating season is here. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas high-efficiency carrier infinity system. Energy-efficient, quiet, and more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL Carry a factory authorized dealer, licensed, by the way, in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 55 years. J. Hill's reputation, second to none. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Replacements, whether it's for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. They do it right. They do it right the first time. This winter, you can depend on J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600, licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you can receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional, and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401 
321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, serving most Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable, Fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, residential and commercial, it's Henry Oil. Give them a call. Since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Remember, online at henryoil.com. Go with the original. Go with the best. It's Henry Oil. She is joining us right now, who I have called. This is a hero. This is a leadership. This is someone who is being unfairly attacked. And it is our friend, Representative Patricia Morgan. Uh, Good afternoon, Rep Morgan. Good afternoon, John. Rep, I want to tell you, and I said just a moment ago, you don't have to comment. If we've learned anything, you don't want to be in a foxhole with GOP Chairwoman Susie Yankee and Leader Filippi. Um, Would you put out was yesterday merely a tweet, I believe, just trying to draw attention to critical race theory that is being taught in schools. You have been the person that introduced the legislation. You had a personal experience with it. You were attempting to share that. And what we saw was an absolute pile-on overreaction, outrageous behavior by Democrats, uh, opportunists, and members of the of the biased media. Yeah, I mean, I really wanted to call attention to the corrosive impact of critical race theory on on our our society. And I, I asked the question, is this what we really want for America? And what's alarming is there are thousands of people who said yes. Well, right. And attacked me. Yes. Saying, this is not this is not where we should be going. We shouldn't be asking all the different races to separate. Go into your corners now. Every, you know, we want Latinos over in that corner. We want Asians in that corner. We want blacks in this corner. Whites can, you know, you, you can be over in this corner. That's not what we want for our society. Just to start. Tell, tell people that are listening, even though it was all over the news, but tell people what you put out on Twitter. And you're very active on Twitter. But what you put out on Twitter and what was your thought process when you put that out? Uh, okay, so I have to find the tweet. Do you have the tweet there? Um, well, listen, the basic part of it was, it's my understanding, you put out that you have a friend uh, so, of... So this is... Yeah. I, I have, all right, I've got... So I, I have... A black friend. It's not the only black friend I have. Right. Um, I haven't seen her in a while because of the lockdowns. Because you know, I'm, I'm taking care of my mother here in the house, and I have to be really careful about maybe bringing something in that might might hurt her. So I hadn't seen her for many months. But last year, when I was talking with her, I knew that she was starting to get into the racial identity politics. I heard conversations that she was having, and I knew that. You know, she was going down that CRT route. Um, But I hadn't seen her, um, always have enjoyed her company, think she's funny, and, you know, she's my friend, right? So I uh, was going to a a Christmas party, and um, I was, you know, excited to see her and catch up with her, and she was very, very cold to me. Mm. And it was clear from the people at the table and from her that it was about critical race theory. Yep. It was about the fact that I was white. Um, and, um, and I think that's sad because we've always talked with one another. We've always enjoyed one another's company. And um, I just think this is not... And, and so I asked, you know, is this what our teachers and our political leaders really want for our society? Right. To divide us because of skin color. And then I, I did 
hashtag CRT because it, it is coming from this grievance culture CRT emphasis that is just racing through our schools, our K-12 schools, our universities. They are imposing it upon people in their workplaces. Um, and it is, it is destructive to America. It's destructive to children. A couple things about it. And again, folks, we're speaking with Representative Patricia Morgan on the John DePietro Show. Number one, you have the very high profile, but uh, Providence teacher Ramona Bessinger, who I've had on the program. She gave a firsthand account of how the attitudes in the classroom, from her perspective, changed as they went into this new curriculum of oppressor, oppressed. Uh, Teachers had to do the walk of shame. Kids started to question her, call her America, where because of critical race theory, they no longer saw her as their teacher really who could help them. But instead, basically, she could feel and sense resentment from she's a Providence teacher. Obviously, if anyone knows anything about the Providence schools, predominantly uh, either, you know, Latino or or children of color. And, and she had a firsthand experience with that. So and Rep Morgan, anyone that pays attention, which is so embarrassing for some of the politicians and elected officials that have been going after you. Um, the, the the Virginia governor's race in in was just, you know, just this year was basically decided and one of the key issues was Terry McAuliffe lost to Republican Glenn Youngkin. And the reason was because of a huge issue over critical race theory and what was being taught in the schools and McAuliffe. You know, James Carville was on television after that and said one of the first things the Democrat Party needs to do is stop denying that it's being taught in the schools. And they can play around with different names. But listen, as Ramona laid out that after... George Floyd, and in, and she said it was really this past year, February, January of 21, that these new pamphlets, not well-written mm-hmm. pamphlets and books started showing up, and they're being told, you have to teach this, don't teach about the Holocaust, teach about this. And it had a completely different narrative, where basically you're telling these children, you you are victims, the, your white classmates are racist, their parents are racist, their grandparents are racist, the deck is stacked against you. And she, like many other teachers, have had a problem with that. So yeah. now what a lot yeah, of people- Ramona is a real lawyer and she is. she is paying a price for yes. now. They're oh. keeping her in a basement yep. away from students, like, like her concern for children. And her concern is we need to give- And my concern as well is we need to prepare children with rigorous academic subjects, subject matter. Yes. So that they have the educational tools they need to have successful adult lives. Yep. That's what her goal is. That's right. It's not indoctrinating kids into this, you know, yeah, um, this this ideology. And it's a theory. It's not fact. Right. It is uh, even the people who push it admit that that they are they are they are trying to drive this this conversation and that it's not based on real uh truthful research um so they even admit that it's a narrative that they're pushing that's right it is not real pedagogy yep um and 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 ramona's ramona's concern and mine is that we have children that need to be prepared for adult life. Yes. Right? And we're not doing it. I mean, I've seen the books that they have put now into these classrooms, and they are not rigorous. They are not, they have not been screened for, for academic relevance. No. Right? It seems that they are being picked for the narrative. Right? And, and, and the color and the political bias of the author. So, you know, I mean, gone are all of the um, other books that that have been judged over the course of history as speaking to the human condition of being written at uh, higher levels of critical thinking. They're gone. That's right. And and they're replaced with, you know, uh, well, it, it's a it, yes. 
with um, with with a with a completely different narrative, right? Yeah. That teaches about. And here's some a couple things. And again, folks, we're speaking with Representative Patricia Morgan on the John DePietro Show. Now, to Rep. Morgan's credit, you were the first one in Rhode Island that mentioned to me that you were going to introduce legislation at the Rhode Island State House about yeah. critical race theory. And you were the first yeah. person locally. I was seeing it. You know, talked about on Fox News Channel and in different parents. I think another element of this was because a lot of children were doing distance learning, a lot of parents were home, so they were maybe a little more involved with some of the. And, and a number of parents started to question what was being taught in coming over the, the Zoom. So, but where, where this has really turned itself on its head is a couple of things. Number one, for someone to say the history must be taught, well, that that's just completely false. Listen, it's not as if if you go into we are teaching the we, history. We are teaching I? this. We, we are, are teaching, teaching it. Of course, We've always taught the yes, history. absolutely. But, but so I that's say, a false teach statement. All of the history. Yes. Teach all of it. Yes. Um, the the proponents of CRT only want to teach the bad parts. Right. And they don't want to give us credit, America yep. credit, for all the good parts. Yes. America has been a home, a safe home, a home for prosperity, a home for building good lives yep. for millions of people. Yes. Millions upon millions of people. Yep. Right? Uh, over the over the over the decades. So we are a good country. That's why people want to come here. Absolutely. And the part right. that I wanna finish on that is Go so ahead. I want the listeners to understand the background that you, you have been a champion trying to shed a light on it, draw attention to it, introduce legislation about it. My takeaway from the abuse and the pile on and the people coming after you the last, whatever it is, 24 to maybe 36 hours, and not even that actually, but it's, it's 10 o'clock yesterday morning. It's basically what, what their new narrative is. Is anyone that questions critical race theory should be silenced? That you are a racist? What they're basically doing is telling every voter in Virginia that if you voted for Governor Glenn Youngkin against Terry McAuliffe of a critical race theory, you're a racist. That's what they're basically really trying to do, the end game. Is they don't want any conversation. They're trying to bully you. They're trying to make an example out of you. They're trying to silence anyone that wants to bring it up. That's what it's about. That's it. Yep. You got it, right? And you got it. They want to control the conversation and they want to make sure that no other viewpoint has any oxygen. That's right. And make um, people hesitate to say, you know, what they're doing to me kind of goes hand in hand. Nicole Salas, the mother in South Kingstown, she had some questions and concerns about the school her daughter was going to attend. And they told her, submit some requests. Well, so she started submitting requests. They didn't like it. They didn't like being questioned. So they they just, but they wanted to make an example out of her. And they put her name in the agenda for the school committee to let everyone know we're thinking of suing this South Kingstown mom that asked too many questions. Now, they they dropped that, but that was the real intention. That's what's going on with you. And just to give people an idea of how ludicrous this thing became, there's an outrageous Black Lives Matter uh, state senator, Tiara Mack, who puts outrageous things out on social media. The media gives her a free pass because she's a female. She's the one that got in the car accident last January. You found out her car was unregistered. Her license was from North Carolina. But she put out, oh, I'm the friend. I'm the one she talks to. Tierra Mack, Rep. Morgan, if I didn't know any better, she, you've never met her. You, the, the House and the Senate certainly don't meet in the same place. She's actually confusing you with State Senator Elaine Morgan. Well, I'm assuming that, but but this is the bottom line. I don't know her. I've never talked with her in person. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, she's not a friend. And no. a friend would know that my name is Patricia. Yes, but she and doesn't think, know. She's yeah. like, but what, 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 I what think is... She's just, my, my, my feeling is she's just grasping. Globbing on. 
Yeah. So she can get in the pictures. Oh, my she, God. She's one of those divas, yep. right? So, um, oh, they all jump in. Oh, I'm the friend. At all. Yep, yeah, I'm the friend. She talks with me. I am the friend she's talking about. She doesn't even I, know I, I, that I you're not even Christmas the... Christmas party I spoke with her at. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but the way they all jump in with it. And first of all, let's also clarify. You are not resigning. No, no, absolutely not. No. And, you know, and I will continue to fight against having CRT in our schools. As you should. Because it is corrosive. It is. It is bad for our children. Yep. And they shouldn't be. They're not going to silence me. And they shouldn't be afraid of it. They shouldn't be afraid of it. And people shouldn't be afraid. These are intimidation tactics. That's right. You know, and and I'll be honest with you. It is chilling to the average person. Of course. get that. Yes. You know, nobody wants to be called a racist. I mean, nobody wants... Uh, you know, wants to be race blamed or race shamed or any of these things that are their tactics. But I'm, I will do it for them. I, I need their support, though. I need people to reach out to me. Yes. And I, I need to know I have their support behind me because yes. it does get hard, right? I mean, I spent a long day yesterday. Yes. Um, and, and and but I'm doing this for our children. I really am. Our children. And their futures. And parents. And parents. And parents, families, right? And and really for our civil society. Yes. I, I think America is a good place. Yes. And I want it to stay a good place. Well, I want to, two things, Rep. Morgan. Um, number one, you know, the Democrat Party that is also up in arms with Nelly Gobea and even Speaker Sakachi, maybe, maybe they want to touch on their... Their junior senator in Sheldon Whitehouse, who last time we yeah, checked is a you member of an all-white club. Look at racist, yeah. Holy let's, let's cow. Look at racist. Here's it, a man who, to this day, yep. is still, he and his family are major shareholders yes. in an all-white beach club in Newport. Yeah. You don't get and any more racist than that. general had so little concern for a Latino girl that he didn't protect her. Yep. And she was killed. That's right. Jennifer Rivera. But Bailey's Beach Club, an all being a member of an all-white club, I mean, that, that basically makes Bailey's Beach Club is almost like Mississippi in 1950. That's really yeah. what it has become. He gets a free pass. But let me also say this. If what they're basically saying is, and this is what's really wrong, listen, if if they feel that strongly about critical race theory, then then have a discussion. Let parents weigh in on the curriculum that's going to be there. We've already seen that parents in Virginia, when Terry McAuliffe said parents have no right to tell teachers what's taught in the classroom, after the election of Glenn Youngkin said parents have every right, every right. what's taught in the classroom. People were dubbing 2021 the year of the parent. The year that they are our children. Yes, getting involved. Nobody cares for them more than their parents. Right. So their parents who should be uh, forming their values and helping their children to grow into into good, strong adults. It is their parents first and foremost. If if Um, if I don't know where schools have have gotten this 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 idea that. They're the ones in control, and they will tell children what, I mean, and they really are. With this indoctrination, they are telling kids what they must think, right? They are compelling children yes. to believe and say the things that they want them to say yeah. and think. I mean, I've gotten letters from children who clearly have been um, uh, asked to do it or instructed to do it by their teachers. Um Saying, oh, you know, I'm against, I'm against what you believe in, Patricia Morgan. Well, how does an eight-year-old even have that, that thought? That's right. No, right? an eight-year-old doesn't think like that. An no. eight-year-old is is playing and is yes. having fun with their friends. Yes. And to try to teach that, and also, Rep. Morgan, this also goes to the heart of, you know, we've heard from parents where the, the kids are in the classroom and the teachers tell them George Floyd's a hero. And they have the Black Lives Matter flag up in the classroom. And they don't care if it makes children of police officers uncomfortable because Black Lives Matter and white parents are racist and the grandparents are racist. And you owe an apology to every black student in this class. There's nothing that's not productive. 
That's not learning. They need to. It's not learning. It's no. Not the, what kids? It's not the tool that the tools that children need to have successful adult lives. Right. They need to be able to read, write, do math, critically think. That's what they need. They don't need somebody, you know, evangel, you know, proselytizing them. Well, right. They, they just don't need that. And basically telling them. Listen, you, you know, you're not going to go anywhere in this country because you're the color of your skin and the deck is stacked against you. And you see that white teacher next to you or that white classmate, they're racist and that's white supremacy and that's white privilege. If you keep ingraining in someone that they are a victim, you know what? They're going to start to think they're a victim. So. You know, and as, that's the other side of the coin. Yes. Right? It's not just that they are race shaming and race blaming white children. They're also telling black children, just look in the mirror. That's it right. It could be anything. It's not your fault. You don't have to work. Now you don't we, have to do your homework. Yep. You don't have to study. Oh, you're a victim. Now, also, you're Rep. Morgan, and again, folks, we're speaking with Representative Patricia Morgan. Uh, another false argument. And you hear this is, well, it's, it's, it's not even being taught in the schools. Well, Mary Beth Calabro, the head of the Providence Teachers Union, she was going back and forth on social media with our friend Nicole Solis and also Ramon, Ramona Bassinger. And they don't even deny that it's being taught in the Providence schools. So for anyone that denies it's happening, you have the head of the Teachers Union. You have a Providence teacher who was right there firsthand who saw the tide kind of turn against her, the kids kind of build up resentment where they announce we're no longer going to study and read the book Anne Frank. Now we're going to study all these new books that talk about how George Floyd's a hero and Black Lives Matter is an organization to be admired and the white supremacy and white privilege. That There is no room for that in the minds of young children where Rep Morgan, as you had said, you want children, every child with the thought and feeling of what a beautiful country they live in, not to ignore our history, but that you could grow up to be president, you could be anything you want to be. Um, it, teach it all. Teach, teach it all. That's exactly right. So not just not just the parts of the narrative. Right. Teach all of history. Yes. Right, and put it into context. Yep. Right. You you can't you can't judge what happened in the 1700s. Right. By 20, the 21st uh, the tw- yeah, uh, today. Um, Correct. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and I I want to can't do it. It's not fair. I want to use the Virginia. Uh, election again because it was so significant because it was really the first big election since critical race theory kind of went to the forefront and and it also it really came to the divide rep morgan because you had parents saying listen if this stuff is going to be taught in school i am pulling my child out of the school and you know you have someone like a randy weingarten the union leader saying if this talk about parents sh- Going up at, you know, school committee meetings, they're, they're like domestic terrorists and they have no right questioning teachers. This is what this is doing is really kind of like peeling away the onion where parents for years never really questioned what was going on in the public schools because that's where it's going on in the public schools. They are fearful that more parents will pull their children out of the public school system. Yeah. That's what's really going on here. Yeah, uh, and, and again, it is the idea that they want to silence parents. Yes. Those parents who show up at school committee meetings, they are, they are brave, yep. right? And they are committed. They want, they want the schooling that they had when they were children. That's right. Right? Yeah. And that's what they, they and, and now their eyes are opening and they're saying, whoa, what is happening to our schools? This is this is not what this is not education anymore. This no. is indoctrination. I don't want this for my children. That's right. And when they show up and they point it out and they get in the newspaper and they they're on Facebook and Twitter and they're talking about what they're learning, well, the school committee wants to shut that down. That's right. The teachers union wants to shut that down. Yeah. No, they've been doing it so surreptitiously for such a long time and they've been getting away with it and now they can't and they're trying as hard as they can to silence anybody who 
who who says, no, we're not comfortable with this. This is not what I want for my children. Well, he, here's a question. Uh, it, is, it is the fact that, that some kids are leaving. You know, I mean, all the parochial schools are, are at max attendance now, right? Oh, yeah. Max enrollment. Absolutely. Um, and, but, but, but not every parent can still do that. No. Right? So parents... Parents have to get involved, and I understand how intimidating it is. Um, and that's why I'm standing up for them. Yes. And, Rep. Morgan, before we let you go, you have Governor DeSantis, who right now you could argue is probably the most popular governor in the, in the country, governor of Florida. He's announced he will not allow any more critical race theory taught in Florida public schools. Governor Glenn Youngkin, the new governor of Virginia, who beat Terry McAuliffe, who was the he had served before. He was the favorite. Glenn Youngkin said, we, we're going to let the parents be involved. We are not going to teach critical race theory. The big question is, based on what happened in the Twittersphere, is that enough to discourage you from introducing legislation in the new session against critical race theory in the Rhode Island public schools? Absolutely not. Good. I have already, I'm already have uh, handed in the rough draft to the legislative council to get it written up. And uh, I'm going to also put in a bill about transparency in education. I mean, parents shouldn't have to fight to get a, an idea of what are you teaching my kids? Right. That curriculum and the teacher's manuals yep. should be on the website. So anytime a parent wants to see it. They can go to it. That's they right. They don't have to get permission and wait 30 days to get an answer back. And I'll also um, say this. Some of the actions of certain individuals and some, unfortunately, Republicans, you know, they couldn't even verbalize why they were upset with what you put. They just said, I'm looking at this crowd and they're all screaming and pointing. So I don't even understand why it's so-called a racist tweet, but I'm just going to jump in with everybody else and, and point my finger at you and, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just so pathetic. When you put, uh, you were sharing a personal experience. You, I thought you were effectively saying, look at this, in, in real time, where much like, I'll go back to Ramona Bessinger, the Providence teacher, who could feel the turning of the tide and kill children suddenly having this resentment against her simply because the color of her skin, it didn't exist in the past. It shouldn't exist now. Rep. Morgan, I'll give you the final word. I want you to know the people are with you. I feel terrible. You had to go through it. Uh, but just know that the, the real people, the voters, if they're so positive about their side, then they will allow discussion and allow this to play out and and let them stand up and defend it because i have a feeling they're going to get pushback in their own communities yeah you know um listen i i do understand that uh most parents you know they're busy and they're dealing with going to work and getting dinner on the table making sure their kids are Doing their homework and getting them bed on time and all that kind of stuff, but this is an important fight, and it, it is. is a it is a fight for their futures. That's right. Because what is coming out of schools now is not a good education. No, no. But what it's it, my not. my final it word on it is what what is frightening. What is yeah. frightening is, is their basic reaction is this should not even be discussed. This should not even be talked about. Silence her. Anyone that talks about this is a racist. Folks, she is Representative Patricia Morgan, who is not. Let me just say there's a website, stopschoolindoctrinationnow.com. Good. There are a lot of resources on there for people to start learning about it. They are, what the union does is they say, we don't teach CRT. Yep. Well, it's not taught as a subject. It's not geography. It's not algebra. Right? It is, it is an ideology, and I think a poisonous ideology. It is. It is being interwoven yep. through every piece of, of, of uh, material, through every textbook, through every discussion, in every subject. That's right. So it is not taught as a discrete class. No. And that's what they try to confuse people with. Um, but, but it is there, and we need parents to get involved. 
You may not be able to go to that school committee, but you can look at the assignments your kids are bringing home. That's right. You can talk to your children about what you do today. Do you have any discussions? Tell me about it. Right. Right? Yes. And and when you find that something poisonous or just doesn't feel right, feels wrong is happening, let me know. Right? Yes. Go let to, you know. My, yes. To, yeah. Contact me and let me know what you see is happening in your child's classroom that's making you or them uncomfortable. I mean, we also talk about the sexualization of children. Right. I mean, children seven and eight years old have to talk about how people are having sex. It's like, it's craziness. It is. And the parents, um, listen, we're going to leave it at this. The, the parents have a right to be involved. The parents should be involved. And involved. I believe that this is a votable issue. I think this is an issue that people will vote on. Uh, they may not like it, and they may not want to discuss it, and they may want to try to silence you. But parents have a right to discuss this. Folks, she is Representative Patricia Morgan. Rep, listen, the people are with you. Keep the faith. Keep your chin up, and we'll talk to you again. Okay, you be well. All right, folks, there it is. Representative Patricia Morgan right here on the John DePietro Show. Outrageous. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane, to Rhode Island in Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus if you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business you can receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional and she's been doing this work for 25 years contact karen etchells at innovast digital marketing she will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results she's local and responsive give karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find karen on the web at www.innovast.com to check out our website dipetro.com dipetro.com which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Centerdale revival comfort food and cocktails located 2025 smith street in north providence shane and his crew what a wonderful job they've done winner of several rhode island best of awards best of rhode island awards the Centerdale revival delicious food cocktails a lot of fun stop it and see them 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. There's an intriguing new book about the king, Elvis Presley. And joining us right now is the author. It's Sally Hodel. Sally, first of all, very impressed by the book. If you could just start off uh, the title, Destined to Die Young. How is it that you came about with that title? Absolutely. Thanks, first of all, for having me on. I'm excited to talk with you today. Uh, the title was, you know, poetic in nature. I think there's been so much sensationalized stuff put out there about Elvis. I just wanted it to be genuine and sincere and informative, too. And and what I love about the cover, because you've seen it, is that, you know, his name doesn't have to be there at all, right? And you know it's an Elvis book just by that image and that profile alone. You, um... I like how you decided and talked about um, putting it out around Christmas time because, I mean, like many people, I have the Christmas, the uh, Elvis Christmas album. I've actually visited Graceland between Christmas and New Year's, so I'm familiar with just how beautiful it was. Um, what what was it about 
was Christmas special to Elvis? Oh, absolutely. Elvis loved Christmas. I think part of that came from the fact that he grew up so poor and uh, went many Christmases without. So once he was able to pull his family out of poverty and provide for everyone, I think Christmas just became, you know, that much more important and special to him because family really was his top priority. I like how you go out of your way to clear up what you believe are a lot of misconceptions about Elvis. And let's start off with a big one that a lot of people believe that it was just his lifestyle that led to his early death. And and you write extensively that 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 was not the case. Absolutely. And, you know, back to the title of Destined to Die Young, I believe that Elvis was destined to have a short life. And his story has long been told as one of self-destruction in the pop culture world, you know, for sure. And it really was a struggle to survive. And by the time he passes in 1977, he has disease or disorder in nine of the 11 systems of the body. And again, always written off as kind of the end result of lifestyle and the prescription medication problem. But my research shows there's evidence that at least five of those were pre- present prior to fame, most likely since birth, genetic in nature. Um, so again, the destined part is that I explore his family tree and his maternal grandparents were first cousins. It creates a lot of health issues for his mother and her siblings, many dying in their 40s. And then Elvis dies in his 40s as well similar issues and it stops being a coincidence folks again we're speaking with the author of the new book elvis destined beyond uh, die young it's a tremendous read the author is sally hodell and sally again i want to go back to the fact that you point out that he is um you know kind of depicted as uh the he's kind of put in the same category of like a a, a jimmy hendrix or a jim morrison or a janice joplin he was not on a path of self-destruction the prescription medication became a problem because a lot of it does have tolerance issues. It has addiction issues, even the things he's taking for the ailments that he knew he had. Uh, but, you know, it initially, the question is, why does he turn to that medication in the first place? And he initially took it to hide and deal with a lot of the problems that made it difficult to be Elvis Presley. And it starts out with something that we think is rather simple, like insomnia, but he had lifelong insomnia. He takes medication for that. And it works. He has a serious colon problem, which causes incredible pain. He has a serious immune system issue, which was probably very little was understood about that in the seven days. And it really does create a lot of health issues for him. So he takes medication to not only treat these things, but also hide them because he didn't want to appear weak as a male in the 1970s. You know, and it worked. They've been buried for over 40 years. And all that most people know is that he had a problem with the prescription medication. So was he was the king was Elvis? Um kind of a depressed Howard Hughes type figure. You write that he was not this depressed recluse that a lot of people depict him as. Yeah, I don't see him that way. And, you know, many times throughout his life, he's on record, even in the last couple of years when things were difficult, as saying, I love being Elvis Presley. I wouldn't want to be anyone besides Elvis Presley. He prided himself on the fact that he pulled his family out of poverty and was able to keep them there. I do think depression... You know, he dealt with that from time to time, as we all do with life's ups and downs. And the kind of fame he had to live with was very difficult. Uh, but I think a lot of that uh, assumed depression or staying in his room, especially during that last year, more than he would have normally and being at Graceland more often, uh, was really the end result of not feeling well, not being able to do the things he wanted to do. You know, his performances changed a lot. He used to be a very active karate move kind of thing on stage. And, and it really, you know, he started to stand still. And, and a lot of that is because of the pain and the issues he was dealing with. So, yeah, I think that that was depressing in a way, right? To not be able to live and perform the way you want to. And that's a different kind of depression than the Howard Hughes and, you know, mental illness kind of thing that he's kind of been painted with over the years. What did you think of the quote, how after the Beatles met Elvis, they they then appreciated and felt, you know, and they had said, at least we have each other. And there were four of them where Elvis, he was just, he was alone. What do, what do, you, what do you make of that quote and observation by the Beatles? Yeah, and you know, Elvis's fame, I always say it, his story is not one of self-destruction. It's a story of survival, and first through that poverty, but then second, through that extreme fame that no one had experienced before. And then, like you said, he was alone on that. And that's part of why he creates that bubble of people around him, so he can have some kind of normalcy in this very alternate universe you know, that he's living in. So I think it's awesome that the Beatles were able to recognize that. And, uh, you know, I know, I think they had a mutual respect between the between Elvis and the Beatles, both huge acts, right, of the 50s and 60s. And I'm so glad they were able to meet. And I, I think they had a, a mutual respect. Folks, again, we're speaking with Sally Hodell. The book is Elvis, Destined to Die Young. 
Sally, uh, before I ask you a little bit more about the book, I am curious, how has it been received? And are there some things about it that, that were important to you that really resonate with people? It's been very well received, and I'm, I'm happy for that because Elvis deserves this, right? Like Elvis is not just a rock and roll star. He is a historical figure. He culturally shifted the universe in a very, very big way. And if you look at the you know, the top ten songs on, on the charts in 1956 and before Hound Dog hits and Don't Be Cruel, it's How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? And it's Perry Cuomo and, you know— uh, Tony Bennett. So you can, when you think about that, you can understand how shocking Elvis was. And when we look at him through that narrow lens of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, it really isn't enough. And and one of my goals with this book certainly was to humanize Elvis, because I do think all these years later, especially with the younger generations, he's this recognizable image. Everybody knows him, you know, by image and first name alone, but they don't know enough about him, and they don't know enough about his music, and they don't know how he culturally shifted literally the world so i think by exploring this layer of humanity humanizing him explaining his demise um his fall from grace so to speak i think that only helps his legacy are you you are absolutely convinced that he he did die he did pass away i am absolutely convinced of that yes and again you know uh it's it's one of those things that is just sort of a disservice to his legacy overall you know the constant elvis sightings right how did that that not to get into it too much, but I think yeah. didn't that initially just start? I thought there was a woman in in Michigan that claimed she used to see him in a grocery store, and it it just started from that, and then it just took off from that. That's yeah, what I, I think, remember. I think I think it was a Burger King actually in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it made national news, right? And and then it kind of started to happen repeatedly over time. Um, I think part of that is due to the impersonation that Elvis has. You know, what other artist has the level of impersonation that Elvis has right. with all the there's I think forty, fifty thousand Elvis tribute artists in the world. Wow, like, that's an astronomical number. Yeah, um, and I, I think that's a that's probably an aspect of it too, right? I like that you also uh, point out in the book that you, you you feel in your research, you're of the opinion he did not die from a drug overdose. No, I believe that would have been a slow coma-like death, and his death was very quick. It was a heart-related episode. Uh, I explained in the book what I believe brought on that um, heart episode, that cardiac arrhythmia. And again, when you look at his mother dying at 46, an uncle at 46, an uncle at 49, another uncle at 58, all liver, heart, you know, related issues. And you see these liver and heart related issues play out in Elvis. It stops being a coincidence. And we have to remember that all those other relatives, they didn't live the rock and roll lifestyle that Elvis did. Right. Yet they all passed at very similar ages. Hmm, 42. Folks, again, the book, Elvis, Destined to Die Young, the author, Sally Hodel. Sally, congratulations on the book. Uh, it's well thought out. It's very well written. I can tell that it's not a typical author almost assigned. This was is, the way I perceive it, a great passion of yours, and you seem determined to set the record straight on certain things about Elvis. Absolutely. And thank you for all that. It was a passion project for me. I am a, a journalist and a writer, but a lifelong Elvis fan. And I always say I'm lucky my childhood had a soundtrack because my dad played records. And, you know, I've been an Elvis fan for a long time. Pieced this together and it just made sense. I had to share it. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. It's my health because it's your health. But it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. And inside, pop in. You'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce, plus boxed herbs and teas, plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you've questions about 
of how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional, and she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website, depetro.com, the Coesed Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipetro.com. Check out the website, dipetro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there, and that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, depetro.com, dipetro.com. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, They're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender bender, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best. And if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 272 West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401-272-3340. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Folks, they're located 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Easy to get to, right off of Silver Spring Street, Right off of 95, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, Ron and Melissa. Everything is baked fresh, and especially this time of year, they have delicious Christmas cookies, Christmas baskets, Christmas everything at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Delicious calzones, everything fresh. Stop and see them. Look for them on Facebook, and their hours are Tuesday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, Ron and Melissa, delicious Christmas baskets and delicious Christmas cookies and treats, plus the most delicious calzones and also cannolis. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop it and see them. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Look for them on Facebook for directions and hours that they're open. It's Christmas time at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. 